Our first scripture today is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, it's Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7. This is the word of God. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Our gospel reading today is from the 22nd chapter of Matthew. I will be reading Matthew 22, 1 through 10. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for the reading of the gospel. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. And while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them, the king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who are invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets. Invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Thanks, Pastor. Friends, would you join me in a moment of prayer? Gracious God, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be found faithful in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, one of the occupational hazards of being in a ministry is that sometimes you have to endure really bad ideas. Uh, the problem is, it's not always clear at the start uh, if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Sometimes you don't figure that out until you've already halfway through. When I was in seminary, I got connected to a local United Methodist Church that was uh, not far from Candler School of Theology, and I liked this church so much that in my third year of seminary, I uh, decided to become a pastoral uh, intern. And in that third year, after having been there for um, a while, we got a new music director, and his name was Brian. And Brian came up to me one Sunday morning before church, and he said, Daniel, I want you to be a part of a skit during worship. 
And because I liked Brian and because he was new and I wanted him to succeed, and because you can't always tell a good idea from a bad idea at the start, I said, okay. Now, the idea was this, uh, that I was supposed to act like a homeless person. And during the offering, Brian was going to play a song and I was going to walk down the middle aisle and kneel at the altar And it was supposed to be this powerful visual about how the church is meant to be open and welcoming to everybody. I wasn't sure if it was a good idea. So I said, okay. And he said he wanted to practice before service began. So about 10 minutes before service, while people were gathering in the pews, much like they do here, Brian threw a tattered cloak on me, told me to walk like this, and said, when you hear the music beginning to crescendo, that's when you walk down the aisle. I said, okay. So he started playing, and I started walking. And I got maybe halfway down the aisle towards the altar when all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see a woman. And not just any woman, but she was the church council chairwoman. And she is walking right towards me with haste. And I think to myself, oh, good Lord, what is this? Is she going to scold me? Is she going to tell me to get out? And she walks right up to me. She shakes my hand. And she slips in there a $5 bill. (laughs) And she looks me dead in the face, I promise you, and she says in the kindest, sweetest, but also paternalistic voice, God bless you. And then she walks away. Now, I'm feeling uneasy about this. But I always wanted to be an actor, so I'm kind of thinking to myself, hey, I can maybe pull this off. She didn't even know who I was. I'd been there for three years. But it just is beginning to feel like a bad idea. So while Brian is singing his song, I go back up to her and I say, ma'am, there's been a mistake. I'm, I'm not an unhoused person. I've been at this church for three years. I'm your intern. Here's your $5 back, but thank you for your kindness. Now I share that story not in a mean spirit against that lady. I I could tell she was acting on faith. She saw something, and and, and she wanted to respond in a way that she knew how. And I receive her generosity in the way that it was intended with the spirit of love. But I tell that story today because we're beginning a new sermon series on radical hospitality. And unfortunately, this story, I think, illustrates how we often think about hospitality in the church. That when it comes to people in our communities, especially those not already part of the church, and especially those people who are of a different socioeconomic status than we are, we often see them as people to be served and not as people to be invited and welcomed into the family. We see them as needs to be satisfied only, not as beloved children of God who belong here by virtue of God's love for them. Now that woman came up to me and she did not ask me my name. She did not tell me hers, but she gave me five dollars, maybe thinking it could buy some bread, and she walked away. A missed opportunity 
if you ask me. Now again, I don't say that because I just want her to be the butt of the joke. And who among us has not seen a missed opportunity walk before us? But we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a community of truly radical hospitality. And yes, yes, Jesus calls us to care for for the least among us. When you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. We ought to feed the hungry and clothe the clothe the naked. But friends, we are called to be more than that. We are called to be agents of God's hospitality in the world. Now we're beginning this whole conversation by looking at a parable of Jesus from Matthew 22. And and I love this parable because it's all about invitation. As the story goes, there's a king who wants to throw a wonderful wedding party for his son, and he sends people out to tell those who have been invited that the party's ready. But when they receive the invitation, what happens? They say they don't want to come. So the king tries again, sends more people out, and says, come on, the party is ready. The barbecue is hot off the grill. The decorations are hung. The music is ready. And it's ready for you. Come, be part of this party. And the people say, no, I would rather focus on other things. I have my fields to tend to. I have my business to take care of. I have school. I got this. I got that. And so they don't come. But not wanting to have the party be empty, the king sends his ambassadors out into the city once more. But this time the king says, go along the highways and the byways. I love how the common English translates it, uh, the common English version. It says, go to the edges of the city where the marginalized, the least, the ostracized would be. He says, go to those places because everyone is invited. Share the invitation, and at the end of the day, the wedding hall is filled with people. Now, like many of the parables of Jesus, this is an allegory, okay? It has a deeper meaning. It's not really about a king. It's not really about a wedding banquet. And in the context of what Jesus was teaching at that time and and, and what Matthew is trying to get across is Jesus is reminding the people that the invitation of God is no longer restricted to the people who first receive the invitation. Now, you might remember if you've ever looked at the Old Testament that it was originally the Hebrew people, the people of Israel, who were the chosen people of God. They were the ones who you could say received the invitation first. But the whole point of the nation of Israel was that they were to be the ones going out among the highways and the byways and telling people that everyone is invited. But like we tend to do too, we twist up the message and we think that it's only for us. And so Jesus comes and he reinterprets it. He offers a whole new paradigm and says, no, 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 it's not just for you. It's for everybody. And for us today, as we are beginning to think about hospitality in the 21st century, this is a good reminder for us. But more specifically, what I think this parable can tell us today 
is that the party is not ours. The invitation, it's not ours. The hospitality that we offer, it's not ours. It is God's. Friends, here is the point. All of us are here today in this room because in some form and in some way we have been invited to come and participate in this great party that is the healing and reconciling love of Jesus. Some of us have been coming to this church since before we were born. Some of us were baptized here. But even for you, you've heard the invitation in your own way and in your own time with your own ears and you've said yes. Now, some of us might be here for the first time. Maybe you were invited today by a friend or a family member, maybe somebody from your work, or maybe you felt invited by some other way, but you came. Maybe some of us have shown up and we're sitting in the pews, but we feel like we are not at the party. We don't feel like it's for us. See, there's a difference between showing up and truly being at the party but you're here. In any case, we've come to this place because here is where we hear the invitation. It's extended to us week in and week out, an invitation to come and experience the radical, transforming hospitality of God, a love that is like no other. A love that says when you were a stranger, when you were the outcast, when you were out on your last leg and you felt like there was nothing left, nothing next, God says, this party's for you. I love that we had a baptism today and Eric said it himself. It is an invitation and this is all a gift of God's grace offered to us without price. It is the invitation to come and receive the gift of belonging, the gift of God's radical hospitality and radical love that I still believe can transform lives. So if you are here this morning and you are new, or maybe if you've been in these pews for a long time, or if you're here and you feel like you haven't tasted the wedding cake yet, know this, the party is for you. It is prepared for you. And it is Jesus Christ himself that welcomes you to this place. We can love and we can offer true hospitality only because Christ first loves us and is hospitable to us. As we read from Romans 15, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Friends, we are called to be ambassadors of a love that is not our own and an invitation that is not our own. Now, before I worked at this church that I talked about earlier, I was a student ambassador at Candler's School of Theology. Just for my first semester, I didn't last very long because I wasn't very good at it. But my job was very simply this. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would walk prospective students around campus, give them a tour, tell them about Candler, and have lunch with them. 
It was a great job. And every day they told me I had to wear my Candler pullover sweater with the emblem right here on the chest. And I think the reason they made me do that was because I was an ambassador for the school, an ambassador for a hospitality that was not only my own. Yes, I wanted them to come. I thought Candler was a great school, but I was a representative of the school's hospitality for these guests. Friends, it is the same for us. We are sharing an invitation that is ultimately not ours to decide who gets it, but it's an invitation that we have first received and then are called to be ambassadors for. And this is a good thing, because if it was our invitation to give, we would get to decide who gets it and who doesn't. But we don't get that privilege, because we are simply the servants who are called forth highways and the byways to the sides of the city to say, come, the party is for you. Ambassadors of God's hospitality recognize that while we do care deeply for one another who are already here, we need to be outward focused because there are people in our community here in northwest Wichita who do not yet know that there is a party that they are invited to. Ambassadors of hospitality do not just ask, who have we invited? But they ask, who has not been invited yet? And they also ask, who has not yet received their invitation? Because remember, God has already invited everyone. But unfortunately, too many divine invitations get lost in the mail because the church is not always good at being outward focused and being hospitable to the people who come in our doors. As Paul says elsewhere in the book of Romans, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear if there is no one to tell them? And who will tell them if they are not sent? We are the ones who are sent because we have received something of great value, the radical love of God. We cannot give what we do not already have. Hospitality is not just about being friendly. That's a great place to start, and I think we do that pretty well here at Aldersgate. But friends, there's more work for us to do. Hospitality is not only about serving our neighbor's needs. It's not just about giving $5, saying God bless you, and then turning away. It's about being in community with people, extending God's love. It's about prioritizing welcome as a part of our culture because there are people who do not know about the party. So who in your world who in your life, who in our community hasn't received their invitation yet? Who among you does not know that there is a mercy, a grace, a healing available to them here in this place? Not because we're so great, but because God is.
whose invitation have we lost or disposed of as if it was ours to throw away in the first place? We can only give what we have first received. So go. Welcome the love of Christ into your heart. Know that this party is for you and you are welcomed. And then go. Get out of here. And be an ambassador of that love for others. And watch the wedding hall get filled. Amen.